Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It's uh, time for Do I Have a Case with Frank Andrews. We'll be back with the show in just a few minutes. All right. Thanks a lot, Rob. I'm Frank Andrews. Nice to have you with us again, folks. And answering the question. All right. Thanks a lot, Rob. I'm Frank Andrews. Nice to have you with us again, folks. And answering the question that so many people, literally thousands of people are asking, do I have a case? And the man with the answers is attorney Keith Figured. Keith, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, Frank. Um, a pleasure to be here. Well, we got a lot of questions and a lot of different subjects here, so let's see if we can't get started. First one, how do I find out if a company ever filed for bankruptcy? I'm thinking of hiring a company, but heard it had a rocky financial history. Interesting question, Keith. Yeah, that is interesting, um, and it is a good thing to look into depending on you know the circumstances. So to find out if a company has filed for bankruptcy, you can follow um, some of these steps. First, um, you would want to look for publicly available information. You want to start by conducting an online search using search engines like Google or Bing. Enter the name of the company along with keywords like bankruptcy, chapter 11, or insolvency. Review the search results to see if any credible sources mention the company's bankruptcy history. Another way that you can search is through the U.S. bankruptcy court records in the United States bankruptcy filings are a matter of public record so you can search for bankruptcy records through the public access to court electronic records which is called the pacer system however um, it should be noted that the pacer requires registration and may charge a nominal fee for access to the documents another place you could look is corporate filings companies are required to file certain documents with government agencies such as the securities and exchange commission in the united states visit the sec's electronic data gathering analysis and retrieval uh, the abbreviation is edgar website and search for the company's filings look for documents like form 10k form 10q or form 8k which may contain information about bankruptcy proceedings or financial difficulties uh, business credit reports companies that track the financial health of businesses such as dun and bradstreet experian or equifax provide credit reports that may include bankruptcy information. These reports are typically not free, and you may need to pay a fee to access the detailed information. News and media sources is another one, and then, of course, professional services. Uh, if you are considering hiring the company for a significant business transaction or investment, you might want to consult with a professional, such as lawyers or financial advisors. They can conduct more thorough due diligence on the company and its financial history. Remember that bankruptcy filings can vary depending on... Uh, uh, from state to state, so the steps mentioned above, and also on in the country. I mean, if the, the business is out of the country, so these steps above primarily focus on the United States. So if you are in a different country, you may need to explore specific resources available to you within that uh, jurisdiction. Well, that is a complicated question and a very detailed answer. Thank you. Now, the next question here, Keith, is one that has probably come in here a couple of dozen times over the past couple of months. So this one represents a lot of different people. Here it is. I found a gift certificate that's worth $100, but it's three years old. I'm told gift certificates cannot expire. Is that true? So um, I'm probably guilty of this myself um, with finding gift cards many years after they've been given to me. But, but oftentimes people aren't sure if a business will accept a gift card after it's a few years old. Um, believe it or not, there are state and federal laws in place setting 
uh, guidelines for gift cards and certificates. In fact, in 2009, Congress passed the Credit Card Accountability, Responsibility, and Disclosure, uh, abbreviated as the CARD Act, which set consumer protection for gift cards based on many state laws. The law provides that gift cards cannot expire within five years from the date that they were activated and gen generally limits inactivity fee on gift cards, except in certain circumstances, such as if there has been no transaction for at least 12 months. The federal law creates a floor for regulation, leaves room for state regulation on redeeming gift cards for cash and unclaimed property provisions. In Pennsylvania specifically, gift cards unredeemed for two years after the expiration of their redemption period or five years from the date of issuance if they contain no expiration date are presumed abandoned and a sheet to the state. Pennsylvania law holds that gift card certificates are written contracts to perform a service or deliver a good by specific date upon presentation of the card certificate. However, should such card expire, i.e. contract expire, the court has no legal obligation to perform the service or product after the expiration period. Bear in mind that money on gift card on a gift card cannot expire for at least five years from the date the card was purchased or from the last date any additional money was loaded onto the card. Uh, these summaries should only be used for general information purposes and not as legal reference. If you have questions regarding issue of redeeming a gift card or gift certificate or retailer's practice, you should contact an attorney or the Pennsylvania Office of Attorney General. Well, I'm going to have to dig out some of my old gift cards. <laughs> like you said, you have some and I have some, but thanks for the answer. Now, how do people get my in pleasure. touch with you if they're interested? So they can contact me directly at 570-954-9299. They can reach me through email at keith at figuredlaw.com. And then my website, which is figuredlaw.com, has additional information. And uh, figured, this is a lot of people ask, is spelled F as in Frank, I-G-U-R-E-D. All right. Well, next week we have questions about uh, protection from abuse order and also some workers' compensation questions. So we'll talk to you next week, Keith. Thank you very much. Sounds great, Frank, and thank you, Rob. My, my pleasure. Now, folks, if you have a question, if you're wondering, do I have a case, just send me the question, frankandrews at wilknewsradio.com. That uh, email address, again, is frankandrews at wilknewsradio.com. And let's get back to Rob. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show. Thank you, Frank and Keith, with some always great legal information for you guys out there. And if you have any questions, you can contact Keith Figured and uh, ask him the questions you want to ask him. Uh, Jake, I hope you have your headphones on because I'm going to bring you into this. Uh, I got a text message. And how come Jake is sitting in AC? NFL football opening weekend <laughs> predictions. What happened to the Chiefs? Yeah. So uh, let's start off, well, we know the AC issue. The AC on this side of the building, mm -hmm. on this side of the hallway, is broken. So oh, yeah. that's what we're dealing with there. So no need to dwell on that. But NFL football opening weekend predictions and what happened to the Chiefs? Well, I think last night, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like, you know, Kansas City probably got caught up in the moment a little too much. And what I mean by that is, you know, obviously you have the, the unveiling of the Super Bowl banner celebrating the 2022 team. But more from aside from that, I also feel like not having Travis Kelsey out on the field, I mean, arguably the best tight end that there is in the NFL, not having him there. And then on the defensive side, not having Chris Jones either as he continues to hold out. Sounds like that could go on for another month. So I feel like 
you know, with Kansas City, it was just not having like those key players. But I don't want to take anything away from Detroit because I love what the Detroit Lions have right now with Dan Campbell. This is going to be his third season as head coach of the Detroit Lions. And Dan is one of those people just listening to him. It would make, it would make even the most casual fan want to, yeah, want to run through a brick wall. I love what Dan Campbell's doing. And I know it's just one game, but as of right now, he would definitely be my vote for coach of the year. I, I love what they're piecing together. It's a great story, too. Jared Goff, you think of the five seasons that he was with the Los Angeles Rams and he and Sean McVay. I don't know, maybe their relationship sort of soured at the end. You saw the, the two of them trade their quarterbacks. Matt Stafford goes to L.A., Jared Goff goes to Detroit. Early on, you know, Stafford wins the Super Bowl his first year there, but it's it's nice to see Jared Goff, I mean, really living up to the potential that he has. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was a great night last night, great kickoff game. I mean, Detroit prevailing 21-20, and definitely looking forward to opening day in the NFL Sunday, and I will be in the Steel City for that matter as they take on the 49ers. I was just going to say yeah. that. Where, where are you planning on being? Yeah, my Steelers and... Kelly's actually a 49ers fan, so it's definitely going to be interesting. You know, the 49ers, they've had some big news over the past couple days. Nick Bosa, obviously the big, big contract that he got, the five-year contract with the 49ers, his holdout is over. George Kittle, you know, in my opinion, probably the second-best tight end in the NFL, dealing with a bit of a groin injury. I think he'll be fine and good to go on Sunday. And on Pittsburgh's side, you look at Kenny Pickett, this is his second year, and preseason's preseason but I definitely saw a progression in Kenny year two compared to year one so I think that's definitely going to be one of the best games for Sunday I think the plan with San Francisco is Brock Purdy coming back from the elbow injury I think Kyle Shanahan's going to run the ball a lot with Christian McCaffrey I think that he's going to have a few trick plays with Debo Samuel you know try and get the game out of Brock's hands a little bit and there's a lot, a lot of good ones. I mean, Sunday night, you got the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. Then Monday night, the New York Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills. Aaron Rodgers, his debut as a New York Jet for that matter, of course, on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. So there's, there's definitely a lot of storylines going into week one of the National Football League. Yeah, any any food plans while you're out there in the Steel City? You got Permani anything lined Brothers. up? Permani, the, the original, Brothers. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but... As, as great as, as it is to talk about football, um, you know, I, I definitely have to say, Rob, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Kelly, on behalf of my entire family, you know, obviously Monday is a very, very significant day in the history of our country. And I, I mean this from, from the bottom of my heart when I speak on behalf of all of them. Seriously, thank you for, for all that you've done, your service, and you know your service and your bravery and I mean really really just the the person that you are you know you're you're definitely someone that I have the utmost respect for, for you and any of those that protect and defend and ultimately you know pay the ultimate sacrifice like we talked about so from yeah. the bottom of my heart thank you for for all you've you've done for this country, man, I, well, I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate that, yeah. my friend. I, it, it molded it's hard to me, put it into words. It, it yeah. molded me into who I am today. So, uh, you know, it was all, it was all part of uh, part of me. And you know, that's that's brought me my perspective. Now it's brought me to what I can talk about now. 
and uh, uh, you know, unfortunately had to lose a lot of friends along the way. And uh, unfortunately, it won't be the last time either. You know, as we as we grow as a country, and hopefully, we learn from our mistakes rather than um, try to remake them again. So I, I appreciate those thoughts from from both you and your family. And you, you know, you are the part that makes this show run. So I, I appreciate everything you do in Thank making you. my transition into radio so easy and making it enjoyable to come in each day and do this and not not throw equipment across the room or, <laughs> yeah. or, or break anything yeah. like that. So, uh, you know, we'll get through it. Uh, text message came it's in. Dan, a lot of fun. Dan Campbell loves football more than he loves his own mother. <laughs> That's what the text message <laughs> I, I still remember the first press conference when he was introduced as Detroit's head coach two years ago, and he talked about biting their kneecaps off and everything. I mean, he is just – he's wired differently. Yeah. You know, and honestly, like personality-wise, and being a former player as well, I mean, he played with the Giants, he played with the Cowboys. I, a bit of that personality, I sort of see a little bit of Bill Cower. I, I really, really do. And I mean, obviously, I would have to say he and Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Titans, who used to be a Steeler. Those two are probably my favorite head coaches in the National Football League. Just the the passion that they have for the game. And, I mean, how they, they still have that, that mentality. Like, they're one of the players themselves. I mean, it's he, – he truly is my vote for Coach of the Year. As far as Super Bowl predictions, I know we're just one game in and there's 271 to go. You know, going into last night, I figured Chiefs Niners. I'm probably thinking, honestly, Bengals 49ers right now, just like back in the 80s. I mean, it's just one game, but they, they definitely – Patrick Mahomes definitely needed Travis Kelsey last night. It was it was pretty glaring how much he struggled in that second half, especially. Yeah, 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 no doubt. And you know what? Football, especially the NFL, needs great coaches right now. They need someone to step into that role and and, and be that Dan Campbell. So I'm I'm glad he is. I'm glad others are uh, because you know players players come and go, but great coaches. Uh, you know, I think the sport needs that. Uh, you know, at the helm to. To give it the attention it's needed. Yeah, and yeah, and one last thing for that matter is this Sunday the Patriots they're hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is the first season since 1999 there was no Tom Brady out there, and they plan to honor him at halftime Sunday against the Eagles. Well, I'll be looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, I'll be back for the, either the later games because I'll be coming back from Annapolis uh, Sunday afternoon, but Sunday evening games and Monday games I'll be able to catch. I appreciate your input, Jake. Thank you for Thank the you sports for me on. update. It's, uh, Thanks for buying me time, Jake, because I forgot I was supposed to come in here. <laughs> it's 524. I thought I already did it. It's always like deja vu. <laughs> so you get Jake talking about sports. He doesn't shut up. Life is great. Uh, this traffic update is brought to you by Ben Data Internet. 80 West down by Tannersville. That's all backed up due to an accident. We have some heavy traffic out on 81 causing slowing. 81 northbound between Pittston and Music. You're going to dip well below the speed limit. Coming southbound on 81, that construction between Waverly and Clark Summit holds you up. They're still clearing up that accident on Bernie Avenue in Music, right around the Garrity's, so you can expect some slight delays there. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist John Hickey. Tonight, warm and humid, storms ending low 68. Saturday afternoon, storms 
showers and storms possible, high 83, Saturday night. Showers ending, warm and humid, low 67. Sunday afternoon showers and storms possible, high 79. It's currently 81 degrees and partly cloudy out here in Pittston at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. Uh, one good thing coming out of the Biden administration is uh, Biden refuses to grant some of the conditions that 9-11 defendants were seeking in plea negotiations. Um, President Joe Biden has refused to approve some of the conditions that the lawyers for the defendants in September 11th, 2001 attacks had sought in a possible plea bargain, ruling out a presidential guaranteed that the five men would be spared solitary confinement and provide care for the trauma of their torture in CIA custody. A White House National Security Council official said Biden's refusal on the plea bargain guarantees leaves it to military prosecutors and defense lawyers to try and hash out an agreement on a plea bargain. The terms under the discussion would have the five Guantanamo Guantanamo Bay detainees plead guilty and serve life sentences in exchange for being spared the death penalty. Lawyers for the two sides have been exploring a negotiated resolution to the case for about one and a half years. They have been waiting for about a year of that time to see if Biden would express opposition to support or support for some of the conditions the defense lawyers have been seeking. Well, they've been waiting one and a half years or about a year to see this. Well, I've been waiting for 22 years for justice. So how about we start there? Biden agreed with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's recommendation not to accept the proposed terms as a basis for a plea negotiation, according to the National Security Council official, who was not authorized to comment publicly and spoke on the condition of anonymity. Biden was unsettled about accepting terms for the plea from those responsible for the deadliest assault on the United States since Pearl Harbor, the official said. The White House had been reluctant to weigh in on the matter. Well, the mere fact that a national security council official is leaking this information means the White House knows exactly what they're doing. This was leaked purposely to show that Biden is tough on the 9-11 terrorists. That's where this is coming from. This isn't him leaking it or saying it on the condition of them not saying who it was. This is well within the way they do things. Be it any administration, this is not unique to the Biden administration. Every administration does this. They think it makes Biden look tough on terrorists because he's not accepting the plea. They leak it out there and the press runs with it. This happens to be the Associated Press, of course. But that's all this is. This isn't someone getting the information out there because it's um, imperative that the public knows about what's going on. And like it is, it should be. The public should know what's going on. You want to talk public trials? They'll they'll broadcast and televise and live stream the Trump trial. But you haven't seen a thing about the 9-11 terrorist negotiations or anything they're having going on. Oh, the, 
The five defendants include Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, accused of as the architect of the attacks, which were waged by commandeered commercial jetliners. The Al-Qaeda plot killed nearly 3,000 people outright in New York and Washington, D.C. and Pennsylvania. The attacks also changed the course of U.S. foreign policy and sparked deadly U.S. military invasions of Afghanistan, which had hosted Al-Qaeda and Iraq, which had no role in the plot. You know, it's funny the Associated Press throws that in there. But I, I don't disagree, but was that the place to put that in there? It's interesting how they how times change, how people use 9-11 as a tool. It's a political tool. It's a bargaining tool. It's a tool to make you look sympathetic. It's a tool to make you seem tough. It's a tool to make you seem like um, you're competent in something. And I'd say no to all of the above. But that's where we're at now. Uh, announcement of Biden's decision not to exceed... Uh, Accede to some of the conditions sought by the defense lawyers comes after U.S. military officials formally notified a widened circle of family members of 9-11 victims of terms and plea negotiations that were underway. Several of the survivors then spoke out publicly against the deal that would spare the five accused the risk of death penalty. Yet knowing that they only gave the families less than a week to respond was disgraceful in itself. And that's exactly what they did. The channels that they gave families to respond were laughable. They weren't direct responses to anything. It was the FBI general line that that uh, takes the complaints again, and they forward it to the Justice Department and the DOD and 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 such like that. They're they're not taking this seriously. They they want it to go away. Every administration since has want wanted this to go away, and. I think the Biden administration wants to uh, basically a spike the football moment saying he was the one to close Guantanamo Bay of having terrorists there. It's never going to close. It's our military base unless we give it back to Cuba, which would probably take an act of Congress. And considering how incompetent they are, um, you know, who knows where we would stand there. Speaking of incompetent Congress, did you know Nancy Pelosi just uh, said she's going to run for her 20th term (laughs) in Congress? 20th term. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can get a phone call in at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have a bunch of Joes on the line, so we have uh, Joe from the Back Mountain on 911. Joe. Joe from the Back Mountain, you there? Going once, Joe from the Back Mountain. Going twice, Joe from the Back Mountain. Oh, sorry about that, Joe. Let's go to the other Joe. We have uh, Joe from Berwick on the 9-11 Defendants. Joe from Berwick. Uh, hello, Rob. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Um, so so listen, I, I can explain this remark if you want me to, but I think you'll understand it. You could probably explain it to the listeners yourself. Uh, all right. Now, now, first of all, the fact that the people who carried out the 9-11 massacre or attack upon this soil are actually able to go to the government and make demands about the terms of their incarceration is, okay, the, the, the fact that that can even happen explains how and why 
that man was able to escape from the Chester County Jail the way he did. Okay, and then I'll, I'll just make that observation and, and say that, ex, you know, it explains everything about how the war on police is being carried out even within our, um, our, our, our corrections facilities. Now, the other thing I want to say is, is it's, it, there, there's no such thing as solitary confinement. It, it drives me up a wall when I hear that stupidity. You won't find that anywhere in, in any kind of handbook or official policy. These men were confined under an administrative custody for the sole purpose of keeping them from radicalizing other inmates. They were not in solitary confinement. What you watch on movies like The Shawshank Redemption does not exist anywhere in the United States. And as far as torture goes, uh, okay, so it's it's an insult to all of us as Americans and, and to the victims of 9-11 that 22 years after this attack is carried out, these men are not already executed. That That's an insult. That tells you a lot about your government and, and, and their competency. But if anybody knows the uh, history of uh, the Philippine War, the guerrilla war that happened there under John J. Pershing, uh, Mr. Pershing would have had an answer out of these men within a day of who it was that helped them and what he wanted to know about how it happened. Because Mr. Pershing did not mess around. He threatened the insurgents that he fought against in the Philippines with actual pig's blood and said, if you do not cooperate or give up, You'll spend eternity in hell. So, I mean, that's as far as torture goes, that, that that's laughable because nothing, I, I guarantee nothing uh, along the lines of torture happened. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk one way or another on what, what happened or could have happened or, or should have happened. Uh, I just know that they shouldn't be breathing air 22 years later. And that, it, you know, the yeah. fact that it's still a discussion, I, I think you're right. That's... Uh, shows the status of our government. I understand we want to be a just society, I understand, but 22 years, uh, you know, we also have the right to a speedy trial, and they did not even have to be um, afforded, you know, the justice path that they were given. They could have been dealt with by a military tribunal, and it was simple well, as that. Well, yeah, when, when German spies were caught on our soil in World War One, they were executed within months. They were put in front of a military tribunal, and they they were done within months. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, you know, it, it's mind-boggling to me. Um, you know the, the, that this is even still a conversation twenty-two years later. Yeah, so well, I appreciate well, you, again, call, John. I'll, you have a good week. Yeah, and, and I'll echo Jake's sentiments too because of what you did, and and you know, just thank you again for everything, and and you know what what you've done for our country i appreciate that joe we're going to discuss a lot about that on on monday but i appreciate you call you have a good weekend yeah thank you you too and uh looks like we have uh joe from the back mountain back on joe you there can you hear me now yeah we got you now okay hey i just quick i know there's a there's a myriad of uh conspiracy theories about 9-11 or angles you can approach it from, you know, thermite in the towers and blah, blah, blah. But I want to know if you ever heard of a guy named Philip Marshall. No, I can't say I have. 
Okay, he was a Boeing airline pilot. This is the biography I have. I heard him speak twice on Coast to Coast, the biggest nighttime radio program in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, he was on twice, and I think he wrote a book about it. He was a 20-year Boeing pilot. He said there's no way that those hijackers could have flown those planes without help. They had to be trained, and they had to have help to do that. And he was on the coast-to-coast two different times over the years, maybe more. I I caught him at least twice talking with George Norrie. And then all of a sudden, Philip Marshall supposedly uh, goes off his rocker and murders his family and commits suicide. This guy was his, it's like talking to you when I heard him speak. It was like listening to you. And all of a sudden, he supposedly goes off his rocker and, and, and commit, kills his family and kills himself. Well, several uh, of the hijackers did go through professional training, and they did yep. they did train on simulators similar to those airports. And I, I'm not, I haven't heard this gentleman speak. I don't know his expertise. I'm not doubting. Oh, he's his, gone. He's gone. His take he's, on it. No, but I've never heard recordings yeah. of him talk about it and such like that. But no, but you can maybe research if you get a chance over the weekend. Look up his name, see if you can find anything out. Philip Marshall. He was a Boeing airline pilot, yeah, and, and he said they were trained in the United States. No, they were. They went to different flight schools. Uh, you know, some yep. of them were in Florida, some of them around there. And you know, as far as being able to fly the plane, I, I'd have questions there because um, during family days and such like that, I have I have been in in seventy two million dollar military simulators and were able to fly those planes. Uh, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't land them. Um, you know, I I, I couldn't. I, I was able to take off because that was you know pretty easy. What? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I understand that, but he's saying the routes they flew supposedly into the Pentagon, the turns they had to make, and the precision flying they would have had to do to crash into those towers. Yeah, I know there, suppose- were talk, there was talk about the, the, the they did definitely overstress those planes because they're not they're not made to be maneuverable like that, but they're 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 tolerated um, stress points and they're actually fail stress points are different things. Um, but I have seen studies on how they they overbanked those planes and maneuvered them the way that they're not supposed to be maneuvered. Doesn't doesn't mean it's impossible. It doesn't mean it just shouldn't be done that way. But they were using it as a missile. They could care less what happened to the plane. Right, right. Well, you know, I just find it odd that a man, you know, who who, who was again looking for truth in the whole situation, you know, supposedly ends up going off his rocker and taking out his family and himself. And I'm telling you, the times I heard him talk, it was like listening to you. He was as rational as the day is long. Yeah. I just don't see him coming to an end like that or his family. It's so very suspicious. But, you know, if you get a chance, maybe you can find something out. All right, we'll look into it, see, see if I can get okay. some recordings of his tape. I appreciate, yep, okay, I appreciate take you care. calling back in, Joe. You have a good weekend. Righto. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Um, I just got a text message here. Make sure you tell us where you'll be speaking on Monday. I'll be speaking Monday at 8 a.m. at McDade Park at the Lackawanna County um, September 11th Memorial. So if you want to come out and see me there, I'll be there at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, I I've, I've was on Froggy 101 this morning. I'll be on Froggy 101 again on Monday morning. I believe I'm going to call into the Nancy and Jason show on uh on Monday, as well as uh, I might either call in or be in the studio for Bob Cordero's show here. And I'll pop in for Nikki's show when I'm in on Monday as well. So lots to talk about on Monday. Hopefully you're around. Hopefully it's a calm, solemn day. That's what I need. 
Uh, I need more of those in my life. Um, like I said, until that day, it's usually the day before, you know, the anxiety kind of comes or goes depending on it's, it's, it's nothing that could be predicted that day. Sometimes I just want to be by myself. Some that day, I, you know, I, I want to be out there. This is going to be the first September 11th that I'll be working in a while. Um, mainly for the past that I actually like what I, what I'm doing now, um, not, not that I didn't like being a police officer. It's just, you know, after the fact that where corporate America got involved after I retired and was doing things, you know, chasing a dollar rather than doing things that I enjoy. Uh, it's a difference. It's definitely a difference. And the, the mere fact that this this is the first gig here at the radio station where I don't have 24-7, 365 day responsibility, where I, I've always been in charge. I've had, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 people underneath me. Uh, so anytime someone's off, someone's sick, someone's on vacation, this someone leaves, we have a new person come in, we have to train new people, dealing with everything as far as the, you know, the infrastructure of the type of uh, contract work that I was doing, public safety. This is the first one where I, you know, I have my, my three hours, I have my couple hours of prep time, which, which I probably put more in you know, because I want to be informed. I want to know a lot of what's going on because you know, I take a lot of phone calls from you guys, and you guys might call with something that you know, I didn't talk about or didn't prepare for, but I like to know a lot about what's going on around us, as we all should. I have done a great job of tuning out from Friday afternoon, which I will be doing as soon as I'm off the air here at 6, to, uh, to um, till Monday. I've toned out of, of media and news unless something not, uh, major is breaking. Got another text message in. Hey, Rob, Patrick Delvaney. Patrick Delvaney, retired FDNY. I'm going back to the firehouse Monday for a ceremony to be with my brother's. Uh, I'll give you a call Monday afternoon and give you a report. I'd appreciate that, Patrick. Uh, like I said, t- 2020 was the first time that I've been back to ground zero. And we'll talk about all that uh, more on Monday. Right now, we got to wrap this up. We'll be back to close out the show in just a minute. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Friday, September 8th, uh, before 9-11 weekend. My advice for the weekend is uh, be kind to each other. Be good to each other. Hug your family. Um, because you never know which stranger is going to stop and drop everything to come to your rescue one day. Could be choking on something in a restaurant, could be a robbery, could be someone assaulting you, could be a medical emergency for your grandparent. You never know who will drop everything and who will be that person. Heroes all around us just have to take the time to observe them and appreciate them when they respond. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK. God bless, be safe, and we will see you on Monday.